Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to be back in the house of God. Amen. I wasn't here last Sunday morning. I missed it. Um, feel turn to page 94 in your hymnals today.
Wednesday evening open for uh, everybody that needs to get ready for Thanksgiving, if that's fine. Would that be fine? So Tuesday we'll have regular uh, regular midweek service on Tuesday, and uh, that way everybody can prepare for Thanksgiving. I know my wife and I will be on the road Wednesday, so we won't be here. So, and then of course this week is Thanksgiving Thursday, and all everything that's happening there. Those of you that don't know it, uh, <clears throat> Brother brother Dan and Sister Dina Edwards usually uh, usually uh, host a Thanksgiving meal for anybody that wants to come. So if, if you don't have a meal, if you don't have a place to go, uh, you, can, you can go and enjoy a good Thanksgiving meal. We, we, we're already... Uh, Sample one of her pumpkin pies. Brother Craig was supposed to be here this week, but he didn't show up, so we had to. We had to take care of it. It, it, it is delicious, though. Praise God. So I'm going I'm to say heads up for all of you that want to have a good dessert on Thanksgiving Day. That would be the place to go. But we're looking forward to it. And of course, uh, whatever is happening as far as the the Lord is concerned as far as this work is concerned uh, keep praying about our situation here of course we don't so much as have you know this side of the building is concerned um, if the Lord wills that we be in that other part by the new year let's keep on praying uh, praise God we have other people praying for us and, uh, and I just feel like God is going to bring that to pass. I mean, how it's going to happen, of course, the Lord knows uh, so many things. There's so many things happening and at work right now. So uh, let's not forget that. And let's not forget as far as, you know, what we're here and why we're here and what we are doing here. Keep our minds focused on the work of God here in Vanilla and uh, doing what we can to be a light to this area, uh, to this city, and also even reaching out. Um, I was talking to Brother Chuck the other day about what was going on in Canada, and I tell you what, the, the gospel needs to be published abroad. Amen. So we're praying for all the works, all everything that's happening all over here in this 
and in this state, in this country, and also up in Canada. So, uh, what was the other? Oh, we we're scheduled to have a water baptism uh, after Sunday school this morning at 12:30. Of course, the person that's going to be baptized, uh, if she shows up this morning in service, I don't know. She's occupied this morning. And of course, uh, we baptized uh, Rihanna Zephyr Wednesday, um, and there she's not unable to come to the service this morning, uh, but she'll, they'll be here this evening. But let's let's just uh, keep uh, that family in prayer. Angelia a Little, uh, Lord willing, she makes it this morning. We will baptize her after uh, Bible study this morning. So, any of you want to stick around and witness a, a water baptism? afternoon or this morning after service you're still welcome to so I think that's pretty much it so all you younger people can be excused to your respective Sunday school classes and the adult generation can remain here Just, uh, like I said, I've been, I've been kind of burdened for certain things. I just want to do a little, <clears throat> a little uh, follow-up. Of course, what we've been, what we have been digging into in the Word is concerning. And uh, I was going to come uh, approach it, uh, obviously in a different way this morning. And uh, as I was meditating, praying on this. <laughs> Lord kind of took me off into a, another direction. Of course, it's not really a little bit, it's not really so much different than what we have been studying. It's, and for whatever reason, I, I, I didn't know, but I just obeyed uh, the Spirit of God as it was directing me. So, But in the book of Psalms, uh, hun, uh, Psalms 89, if you want to go there, I could make it a little bit more uh, easier for you, for you all, as far as you being able to follow along. And uh, I was in here doing some stuff last night, 
and um, I, I was thinking to myself, it would be probably a lot more easier if we got a, a different projector here going that way. I could put up my notes up here on the on the on the wall here, but uh, I thought about making a copy for everybody. But then, uh, as far as me, uh, all the loose ends I have every day, I'm always running around doing something, and I just kind of got deviated. I just got di not deviated, but I got distracted from that. But uh, just to make it just to make it a little easier. But uh, hopefully, Lord willing, we'll be able to replace that one and get a new one, and uh, everything will be put up on the wall so everybody can follow along. You can take your notes from there, but just try to do your best. I'll try not to uh, rush through this, or, and uh, hopefully you can, if you brought, uh, you know, a Bible, first of all, you need a Bible. How many can come to Bible study without a Bible? How many come with your Bible? How many come with a, with a notepad, with a pencil, or even a laptop, or a iPad, but if, if you, however you, you take your notes, uh, uh, that's a good way to try to remember everything because I know it's hard. Uh, of course, I'm 62 years old, so I need to write things down, otherwise I forget them. And uh, I, I, I'm saying that because I know sometimes it's hard to kind of follow along with the lessons as we're presenting them, so just try to do your best to retain it or to, to uh, make notes of it because it's important for you to to understand what you know what we're talking about what we're teaching so anyway psalms uh, uh psalms 89 why do i want to say 189 <laughs> i just have to kind of sort all these things out in my mind there's, there's probably about ten thousand things going through my mind right now so i just gotta focus on just the one thing that i know i should be focused on so just kind of pardon me a little bit if i seem a little you know, um, mesmerized or whatever. But Psalms 89, <clears throat> I was thinking about this, and and what we have been studying, we, we made reference to that in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, <coughs> verse 1, and and you don't have to go there, Hebrews 8, and and, uh, and also, in, 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 I believe it's in Hebrews 9, where, and, and Colossians chapter Two, in verse number 17 where we talked about the covenant uh, everything that was contained and, and, and of course our, our focus on our Bible study has been the tabernacle okay and then we brought all the information but remember what he said about everything that we've been studying everything foreshadowed what was going to happen in the New Testament everything was a type and shadow of the things that were to come they were a type and shadow. In other words, uh, New Testament doctrine, New Testament uh, teaching is concealed in the Old Testament. It's, it's, it's hidden. And it's in obscurity. And it's, it's not so much hidden that, uh, you know, a person cannot know or come to an understanding of what is hidden. And, and that's where the word mystery comes. Uh, the word mystery is something that is, is kept a secret until the time for it to be known. In other words, it is revealed. So we see that everything in the, in the Old Testament, in, in, in the covenant in the Old Testament was, was 
a type and shadow of the new. So it was kind of hidden in, in obscurity until that time would come of the Reformation, which is uh, Calvary, where God would make known uh, what his, 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 plan, his plan is and, and even who he is. His purpose, to reveal himself to us, thus to tabernacle in the wilderness. Amen. That I may build me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. Okay, so so we, we, we see that it was kind of, you know, hidden there. Uh, a lot of people uh, never understood and never come to a, a, a realization or a revelation of how God hid, amen, himself, amen, in that, in that particular uh, covenant and, and, and even everything doing with the tabernacle and priesthood. So I hope you kind of understand a little bit of this, okay? And, and in Psalms 89, verse number 46, this is what it says. Remember, everything, everything was, was hidden. Everything was concealed. And so you see here in, in Psalms 89, verse number 46, how long, Lord? The question, how long, Lord, wilt thou hide thyself forever? Wilt thou hide thyself forever? It's a good question, isn't it? How long, Lord, wilt thou hide thyself forever? Shall thou wrath burn like fire? So here's the question. How long, Lord, wilt thou hide thyself forever. Are you going to hide yourself forever? Just to translate that into modern vernacular. Lord, are you going to hide yourself forever? Huh? Are you going to conceal yourself forever? That's a good question, isn't it? How many of you are have ever thought about God? Huh? How many of you have ever wondered about God? Who he really is. Or if there is, is even a God. I think every, every person has, has come across that a few times in their life. Something just all of a sudden struck them and they just thought, you know, is there a God? Or, or who is God? Or what is God? Or, or, and, 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 you know, it's, it's something that we, <clears throat> we come up with in our minds. We... Just for, for an instant of time, we just come to a realization about God. We make that conscious uh, connection or awareness in our mind that, hey, is there, is, is, there a possibility, is there a possibility that there is a God? Has anybody ever thought about that? Has anybody ever asked itself that question? Uh, here's, the, here's the answer to that question. Yes, there is. Right. Yes, there is. My question to you is, do you want to know that God? Do you want to understand what you can understand about that God? Because if you do, I guarantee you, he will make himself known unto you. 
He will reveal himself to you. He will become a personal God Amen. to you. Okay? So we see that. But here's the thing. Right now, to a lot of people, maybe, maybe not to us in here, but to a lot of people, he is hidden. He is not seen. People don't know who he is. People don't even know what his name is. Wow. Isn't that something? God has a name? Oh, yes, he does. Hallelujah. But you know what? Before, before Jesus came into the world, that name was hidden. That name was concealed. Huh? Was it known? Not everybody, not everybody knew it. Okay? So we see that. Well, let's, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Psalms, uh, excuse me, Isaiah. Man, I'll get my, I'll get things settled in my mind yet. Just hold on. <coughs> Just hold on. Like I said, I only have about 10,000 things on my mind right now. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45, verse number 15. Verily, verily. Everybody say verily. You know what that said? You know what that word means? Truthfully. Truthfully. In other words, this is absolute information. Absolute. Verily. Uh, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself. You are a God that hides yourself. O God of Israel, the Savior. Verily, truthfully, you're a God that hides yourself. Here's another question. Why do you think God is hiding himself in mankind? Don't answer. But that's an interesting question, isn't it? Why do you think God has hidden himself from mankind? You realize this, God is still hiding himself from my, mankind. He is hidden. He is in obscurity. Amen. That's why you're privileged people this morning. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well, I would say it this way. I was trying to. I, I was going through all this information this morning in my mind. I was just flying all over in the Word, and a thought came to my mind, and it was this: the best kept secret. Amen. <laughs> How many of you ladies can keep a secret? Uh, how come some of you aren't raising your hands? <laughs> I'm not just picking on you, ladies. How many of you men can keep a secret? <laughs> Did you know that he was the best kept secret? Amen. There's a reason why God was hiding himself. And you know what? God is still hidden to a lot of people today. Amen. I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. Pay attention closely to what I'm going to share with you this morning, God has hidden himself and he's still hiding himself. He's still hidden from a lot of people today. 
a lot of people don't know who he is. Or maybe their understanding of him is very vague. We cannot approach God with inference. Of course, we have done that. Okay, I'll get to that here. Just hold on. Uh, the only reason why I'm saying this is because I feel like I know what the Lord's doing. I know what he's doing this morning through his word. So I'm just doing my best to, to, to prick your interest. To get your attention so that you can focus on his word. So that he can speak to you through his word. Okay. So he says, Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel. So there's obviously, you know, some reasons why. Uh, we'll get into that here in a little while. Let's, let's jump to another scripture verse. Uh, let's just jump to the, in the book of Isaiah, the same book in chapter 64, in verse number 7. And, and look, at, look at what he says in the scripture verse. In, in Isaiah 64, in verse number 7, and it says this, uh, And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. There is none that, is, that is calleth on thy name, that stirreth himself to take a hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Now, now, there's a reason why, like I said, of course, if any person, if any mortal being looked upon God, guess what happened? Like the scripture says, I'll read a, 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 a scripture out of the book of Exodus 33, 20. You can note this down. And he said, thou, can, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. So in other words, you couldn't look directly upon God. You couldn't see him, and you couldn't live. Wow. Yeah. Does anybody know why? His goodness is too great. His nature, his divine nature is, is too great for us. You know why? Does anybody know why? Would anybody like to know why? Because we're fallen. We're sinful. We're in iniquity. We're in sin. God is a holy God. You cannot walk into his presence because his divine nature, because of who he is, he's holy. Thou art holy, O Lord. And, and holiness is his nature. So he's, and, and holiness, when, when, when we talk about holiness, it means he's separated from sin. He's not defiled by sin. In his presence, there's no sin at all. Sin cannot abide in his presence. So if any person that was of a sinful nature would come into the presence of God because of his holiness, that person would be consumed. Woo! Our God is a consuming fire. 
So if you walked into the presence of God, if you looked upon the presence of God, guess what happened? You would be consumed in an instant. Your flesh would melt away. so you can kind of get an idea in your head. Just get a little idea in your head to, to really comprehend everything about this. And of course, that's what Moses said. And, and the Lord said to Moses, and he said that, that thou canst not see my face for no man shall see me and, and live. Now, if you, if, you turn, if you turn with me in, in the same book of Isaiah, if you're still there, go to Isaiah chapter 6 once. Here's a, here's a, here's a good picture of what, what happens here in the book of Isaiah. And uh, uh, we see here in Isaiah chapter 6, I'll let you get there and I'll take another sip of water. And, and this is what it says there in Isaiah 6. Hallelujah. In, in, in verse number one, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, look what he says, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah sees this vision and heaven is opened up to him and he sees the Lord sitting on his throne in, 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 sitting on his throne in the temple and he sees the, the angels, the seraphims flying about him and, and, and crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of, of, all, the, uh, of all the earth. And he, and he sees he sees him as he is in heaven. And you know, his first, the first thing that comes to his mind, he says, Woe is me. Because I am a person of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So, so Isaiah knew that he was, you know, there was a possibility of him being consumed by God's nature. Always remember the saints. The Bible says in Psalms 51, it says we were uh, shaped in iniquity. In sin, our mother did conceive us. So when we were and when we were born into this world, we were already born into sin. We had sin upon us. Sin in our members. 
So we're sinful people, and that's what Isaiah was saying. I live, I live amongst a, a people of unclean lips. We're sinful people. And guess what? I've seen the Lord of glory. I've seen him, and, and, and the only thing he could think about was this. I'm not going to live. Wow. Somebody, I, 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 oh, I, was, uh, I was listening to a CD uh, preaching tape, Brother Craig, and uh, something he, he said in that, in that preaching, in, in his message that particular day, he said that any person that sees God, that person's life would definitely be changed. Amen. 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 A person that had a face-to-face -face encounter with God, after that encounter, your life would change. That's kind of, kind of like. Uh, could you imagine how how Moses felt? Let's let's go back to the book of Exodus. Just just for a quick a quick uh, look here. The book of Exodus chapter thirty three. Exodus is the second book of the Bible, and it hits chapter thirty three and and somewhere is around. Uh, uh, where am I? Verse number 12 in Exodus 33, and this is Moses talking, and Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou, whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, thou hast also found grace in my sight. So obviously, here's the thing. Moses found grace in the Lord's sight. Okay. Now, now, therefore, I pray thee, if thou have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. If I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I, uh, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go before thee. This is the Lord speaking. My presence shall go before thee, and I, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Let me tell you something. If you follow God, you will be separated from all the people on the earth. That's right. Amen. You will be different. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so he says this. In verse number 17, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. In other words, Moses saying, Hey, I want to see your glory. I want to see who you are. How many of you have a desire to want to see who God is? Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't want to go into preaching mode this morning. Because it's teaching. But I could, I could preach on this right now. Yes. Because 
if you really want to see God, if you really want God to show you his glory, he will. He will reveal himself to you. Some of you are very close to the kingdom of heaven right now. Like Jesus said, like John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. And some of you are that close to the kingdom of heaven, but yet there's just a shroud that is between you and God. Woo! And here's the thing. God will give you grace. God will give you favor. So that you can know him. Amen. That's why I said it's a privilege for us to be in the house of God this morning. It's a privilege for us to be here to hear his word. Why? Because we're going to know him. God has given us grace. So that's what he's saying. Okay, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to preach like I said. And he said, he said, I, and he said, I, in verse number 19, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass while well, my glory passeth. By that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hands while I pass by, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shalt thou not see. But my face shall not be seen. In other words, he said, Moses, I'm just going to give you a glimpse, but I'm going to give you the glimpse of, of my back thigh. Wow. You're not going to be able to look directly in my face. Well, you know, does anybody ever ask yourself, why did the Lord say that to Moses? He got to see God's good goodness, his grace, and who he was, and all this. His name, his name was revealed to him, but guess what? Moses didn't tell anybody his name. Right. Yeah. Wow. But he let his goodness pass by, he seen it, but the only part of the Lord that he could see was his back part. He could not see his face. You know why? He said, because anybody that sees my face shall not live. So Moses, I'm just letting you see, see me from behind. <laughs> Woo! Oh, wow. My, my. That's something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Those of you that have a little hard time trying to interpret scripture in the Old Testament, when you talk about a manifestation of God, of course there's been several times that the Lord revealed himself to mankind. Listen to this. This is important. Pay attention. <clears throat> when he revealed himself to mankind, he appeared as a theophany. A theophany is a spiritual image. Okay? It's a spiritual image. But every time the Lord appeared as a theophany in a spiritual image, of course, guess what? He appeared in, as a burning bush. Huh? That was a type of the church. Of course, that's his body. He appeared as a burning bush. <clears throat> Amen. He appeared as Melchizedek. Huh? 
And when he went to go visit Abraham before he overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, he appeared as an angel, or as, and, and, as an angel, but guess what? In human form. But he was not, he was not a physical body. He was a theophany. It was a spiritual image. Does everybody get that? Amen. But here's the thing. Here's the thing now. It's, I want you to understand this. Every time God appeared, he appeared as or in human form. Woo! I disagree with Thor Heyerdahl. Anybody know who Thor Heyerdahl is? Huh? He's a man that traveled the world back in the 60s, 70s, and in search of truth and looking for answers and and trying to find, you know, what it is, why we believe the way we believe mankind. And of course, he's more scientific than anything. But he believed that uh, the human race, their gods were, were aliens. They were from outer space. Looking for evidence to, to prove that we're... Nope. Not really. But here's, here's one thing. Remember this. When God revealed himself, he always revealed himself in human form. So, in other words, he had two eyes and he had two ears. He had the, the visage, the body of a man. Two, two hands, two arms, two legs, two feet. And, and, and why, why, why do you think that is so? Why did God reveal himself in such? Why did he reveal himself that way? Why did he reveal himself in, in that, in that, with that image? He's the pattern. What does the Bible say in the book of Genesis? He said that I will create man in, in my image after my likeness. And he created man in his image after his likeness. So, so he created man in, in, his, in his image. We're created in the image of God. That's what makes us unique. From all of God's creation, we're the only ones that have his similitude. Amen. Okay, here's the other thing. Why did God, okay, now that you know that, why did God reveal himself as such in the Old Testament? I can feel something. Woo! I can feel something. I can feel something. You know what we have a fear of? The unknown. Mm -hmm. Certain things that, you know, knowledge, information comes to us, we're kind of you know, in, in a sense, we kind of draw back because we're afraid of the unknown. Certain things kind of create a, a little shock and maybe a little trauma if, if they're things that we cannot identify with. Mm -hmm. Things that we're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. Things that we think that are out of this world. Aliens! So-called aliens. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, so we're hesitant. To, to accept that, because if it did, if that was real, man, it would blow our minds. We would be so afraid and so fearful. We, we would know that, hey, man, this is not, this is something. But here, here's the thing. Why did God appear in human form? 
post there, brother. God revealed himself to us as a similitude of a man, it would be easier for us to accept him. Amen. It's something that we're familiar with. Amen. Yeah. Amazing. Look at how many nationalities we have in this congregation this morning. How many ethnic groups in there? Probably about three or four, maybe more now. We all come from, some of us are Heinz 57, we're a mixture. <laughs> some of us are almost full blood, some of us are Ieska, half blood. And, uh, but guess what? Even though we may look different, even though our skin color may be different, guess what? We all have the same similitude. Amen. Same form, why? Because God created us. God created us in his image. So you know, it's, a, it's something that we're familiar with, something that we can readily, readily receive and readily accept. Woo. So that should, that should make it easier for you to accept God. Okay? Okay, here's the thing. First, we, we know this. Uh, I, I, I don't want to deviate from... Uh, so, so we see that. Uh, so we see that. Uh, let me let me just kind of uh, bring this into uh, place here. We know that God hid Himself. He was not fully known. His person, everything about Him, was not fully understood. It was hidden in in types and shadows. It was hidden in. And images it was hidden in obscurity so so they couldn't really get an idea of of his fullness of his divine nature of understanding who he really was and who he really is okay remember that but there are things that hinder people from really uh, seeing God okay there were obviously things that kind of have <coughs> kept that, kept him at a distance in our lives. Huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, here's, here's the thing. Sin. Sin kept him, kept us from knowing who God was. Our sin stood in our way, so obviously we did not, you know, we couldn't approach him because of our sin, so our understanding of him was, was vague. We did not really understand a lot about his divine nature and his person, who he was. Sin stood in the way. Sin actually clouded our, our minds and clouded our understanding of him. And that's the reason why man trying to reach out to God. Here's the thing. Man tried to reach out to God in his sinful state. Huh? But the thing about it is they, they, they didn't try to reach out to God to, in their, when they were in the sin to try to change 
their sinful state. They just wanted to, in their own minds, they wanted to perceive God as they wanted to perceive God. Huh? You understand that? That's where religion comes from. Religion is what was conceived in the mind of man. Religion was conceived. Why? Because man wanted to said this is this is man's mind in, in operation. They said this is how God looks like. Huh? Do you, do you want Bible for that? Do you want Bible for that? Amen. Go ahead and look for it. <laughs> no, Romans chapter one. <laughs> Romans chapter one. <laughs> I'm not that mean. I'll do my best to help you. To help you to come to understanding. Romans chapter 1, verse number 21. Well, we could back up a little bit. We could back up a little bit in verse number 19. Because that, that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things... Of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. We have had no excuse, even from creation. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Mankind, let me tell you something. We know there is a God. Amen. Something in, inside us knows there's, there, there is a God. You know, even the atheists know there is a God. Even though they want to deny him as much as they can, it's not, you know, they, they feel in their heart, they feel in their spirit, hey, there is a God. Mm -hmm. Why would I even want to talk about a God? Huh? Why? Because if God wasn't there, they wouldn't have that disbelief. Here's, 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 a, here's a famous expression, out of sight, out of mind. So here we see here, and, and, and so in verse number 20, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither was thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Uh-oh. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So this is this is basically in essence this is this is what they said. This is how God. This is how God looks like. This is what God is. Thus we have amen the rise of image worship or idol worship thus we see that in, in, in Isaiah chapter 40 if you want to go there with me I'll, I'll give you another scripture verse but there's there's tons of this these types of uh, scripture uh, that we have in the, in the Bible that tells us about this but uh, Isaiah 40 in verse number 18 look what it says here uh, praise God in verse number 18 it says to whom then will ye liken God good question then to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Woo. Everybody listening? Okay. The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith 
spreadeth it over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooseth a tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Woo. So that, see that that is the downfall of man. Man wants to create an image, but guess what? That image has has been conceived in their minds. This is their their understanding, what he said, has been darkened. Woo, that's why we have I you know, idolatry, image worship, all these and and, and, and man, basic man saying this is God. Worship him. Man. Okay? So sin hinders us from really seeing and understanding God, from really, for, 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 for God to reveal himself to us. Here's, here's another thing. Everybody listening? Unbelief. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what hinders a lot of people from really receiving things from God? Unbelief. Mm -hmm. When the word of God speaks to us, when we hear it, guess what? It's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's fact. It's absolute fact. It's truth. But you know what we do? Is everybody paying attention? Yeah. That deer in the headlights look. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Mm -hmm. Unbelief. Woo. Unbelief. There's, there's, you know, and here, here's the other thing. The heart. Your heart can keep you from really seeing God. Your heart. Some of you in here? If your heart was all there, you would be all there. Amen. Huh? Mm -hmm. You're, you're half-hearted about what you do. When it comes to the things of God, human beings, you know, they could be half-hearted, they could be lukewarm, they could just, you know, if we really love him, we're going to love him. Amen. If we really love him, we're going to serve him. Mm -hmm. We're going to have no qualms about obeying and submitting ourselves to his will, Amen. his word. Amen. To his spirit. So there, there are a lot of things that, that, okay, that are... That hinders from seeing God or from knowing God. Okay, does everybody understand that? Amen. Okay, so what is it? What, what, is, what is it for you then? Ask yourself that question. Okay, so we understand that God, God. Here's the beautiful part of it. He's a God that hides Himself. Everybody say He's a God that hides Himself. He's a God that hides himself. He is a God that hides himself. But here's here's the thing. God want, now God wants to reveal. He has revealed himself to us. Ooh. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And, and look what the scripture says here. I'll take a sip of water when you go Gospel of John chapter 1.
this is what it says. It says, no man has seen God at any time. Uh, verse number 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And I mean, pay attention to what he's saying. The only begotten Son. Only begotten Son. Doesn't say eternal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You will never find the words eternal Son in the scripture. You can search it. I, I can title that because I read it, the, book, the Old Testament. I read the New Testament. You will not find, you will not find eternal Son. But you will find begotten Son. Mm -hmm. Amen. Why? Because he was actually born mm -hmm. into this world. God became a human being. Yeah. He was born. He had a birth date like you and I. And we, we, we can speculate somewhere in September, October. Somewhere around there when Jesus was actually born. September, October. September, October. How do I know that? Well, if you study history, when, when Caesar Augustus uh, proclaimed that there was going to be a census, and he wanted all the Jews to return to their, 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 their homeland so they can you know, be part of the census, every, every family back to where they were from so they could be part of the census, history says that declaration was made in the month of July, June, July. When that was declared. But in order to get things going, and here's one reason why. They said, we, we don't want this to happen. You make it, make it easy for them so that they can take that trip back to their homeland in, in the months that's easy for them to travel, which was, of course, the warmer months. So that decree was made in June, July. And so obviously it had to be enacted. So by the time that it was actually enacted, it had to be done, was right around August. So they made their pilgrimage back to Israel, and however long it took them, wherever they were, were in that known world, it took them to, that long to get back to Israel. So it was obviously right around August, September when they arrived. And so Jesus was born not too long after that. So that's when we speculate. So he's, a, he's like me. He's a late summer fall baby. Praise God. And so, he was born. Everybody say, he was born. He was born. He was born, but look what he says. It says, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So, like I said, this was the best kept secret. God was going to reveal himself. He was going to reveal himself. There's some, there's some pretty, uh, pretty uh, powerful, profound scriptures in the, in, the, in the Bible that pertain to this. Okay, we're only dealing with a few of them because there are so many. Okay, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 25. Go there with me and, and uh, let, let me show you what Jesus says here. Some of us may know this particular scripture very well because we quote it sometimes. Uh, you know, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we, you know, we quote that part of it. But look what he says prior to that in verse number 25. 
He said, and at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee. Look what he said. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things. Do you see that? Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. You hid these from the wise and prudent and you have revealed them unto babes. What's he talking about? What did he hide? Okay. What did he hide? Well, look what he says. He said, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son. Everybody see that? No man knows knoweth the Son. They don't know who the Son is, but the Father. The Father knows the Son. No man knows the Son, but the Father knows the Son. Okay? Neither knoweth any man the Father. You see that? No man knows the Father. Save the Son. So the only one that knows the Father is the Son. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then look what he says. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Woo. So in other words, we can't have access to knowing who God is except the Son reveal him to us. Man, man, man. There's a reason why Jesus came into this world. So we see that. Okay? Well, let's let's follow up with more scriptures. Uh, in, in the book of... Uh, in the book of... Uh, where am I now? Okay, in the book of John, chapter 7. Amen. John, chapter 7. Look what he says here. Uh, pay close attention to what the, the statement he's making here in John, chapter 7. Right around verse number 28. In John, chapter 7. Man... Hallelujah. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. And I am not come of myself. But he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. Who, who is Jesus speaking to here, by the way? Pharisees, scribes, all them religious people. Huh? And look what he says. He said, you both know me. And once I am, you know who I am, where I came from. How did he, why did he say, why do you think he said that to them? They've they seen what he's done. What he, what he did, they seen his ministry, but here's the other thing. Here's the beautiful thing about, about the Lord, okay? The obviously seen, he came, here's a man. What human being can heal diseases? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What human being can raise the dead? Yeah. Mm. And here's the thing. He was saying, he said, ye both know me. And you know whence I am, where I came from. He said, you should know. When you see all these things happen, you should know. Who am I? Who am I? 
Where did that come from? Obviously, they knew in the scripture that the Messiah was going to come. Huh? Yeah. So if they, if they read their scripture with an open heart, they would find out that, hey, there was going to be a day. Messiah was going to come. He was going to visit mankind. So he was trying to say, hey, remember? You know who I am. You know, once I am, I am not come of myself. He that sent me is true, whom ye know not. I mean, you don't even know the Father. If, 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 you, if, you, can't, if you don't understand who I am, you don't even know the Father. Huh? But I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. I know, I know who sent me. Woo! So here we have some pretty uh, enlightening Dialogue statements made by the Lord Jesus here telling them, hey, you should know me. Here's a beautiful thing about it. Not just seeing, but reading. God always bears witness to his word. There's always going to be a witness to God's word. Hallelujah. So, so we see that. And, and, and in verse number 14, look what it says. He gets a little bit more uh, specific with one of his disciples Amen. In verse number, uh, chapter 14 in John, in chapter 14 of John, in verse number 8. Uh, and, and look what he says. Uh, in verse number 8, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it will, it sufficeth us. Okay? Philip's Saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. In other words, Philip is saying, Lord, show us the Father, and that would satisfy us. Huh? That was that. Show us the Father. It would satisfy us. You know what? E even though they weren't as ardent, as, uh, as religious as the Sadducees and the Pharisees, even they, they said, hey, we're, we're the Israelites. We're the one nation that God chose. Huh? We have a heritage. Huh? We have a heritage. We have an inheritance. They knew that. They were the children of Abraham. God promised great things to Abraham. So they knew that and they understood it. So one of the things in the back of every Israelite was this. The Father. God. Jehovah. Yahweh. Elohim. El Shaddai. You can just go on and go on. And they knew that that's what the scriptures talked about. So here's, here's Philip saying, hey, you're obviously the Messiah, so show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Amen. Everybody pay attention. Mm -hmm. Show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. So Jesus said unto him, verse number nine, have I been so long time with you and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? <laughs> I've been I've been hanging around with you all this time and you have not known me. Wow. Look, look at this. Pay attention, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's not paying attention. Okay. Seems like every time when God wants to reveal himself, the devil throws in a distraction. Yeah. That's that's real. I'm talking to you. That's real. Yeah. Huh? And, and, and here's, here's Philip having that conversation with the Lord. Lord, you know, if you just show us the Father, that we would be satisfied. So he says, but Philip, I've been with you such a long time, and you have not known me. 
He that has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I want you to, I want you to hear this. He that has seen me has seen the Father. Okay, why do I say that? Because what did Jesus say in, in John chapter 1, verse 18? No man has seen God at any time. Huh? Why, why, why do you think that, uh, what's one of the things as far as, you know, we talked about images and, and all this stuff, and, and, and uh, I just explained to you about theophanies and, and all this, and no man has seen God at any time, but yet here's God manifesting himself in the flesh. And so, Thomas is saying this. Hey, here's the reality of it. If, if, and you know what? They knew this. They knew this about their God. They knew this about their Jehovah. This is what they knew. What does the Bible say in, in John chapter 4, verse number 24? God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. God is a spirit. Jesus declared in Luke 24, verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. So in other words, a spirit does not have a physical body like we do. But here, here is, here is Philip and Jesus talking to Jesus. Hey, Philip, come on. When you have seen me. When you have seen me. Guess what? God gave them a physical image they could see. Yeah. So they could see. Look, 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 look what he say. Handle me and see. Huh? Yeah. So he says. So he says that. And he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then? Show us the Father. Hey, come on, Philip. You don't have to go any other place. Here I am, right here in the flesh. Amen. Woo. My, my, my. Something to, I wonder what it was to actually look upon the Lord. Yeah. I remember reading in the book of Josephus, and of course you hear the testimony of some of his disciples in the first century there, and you hear about, you know, what was said about their experience being in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that man. Of course, they always referred to him as that man. Of course, he was a human being. God became a human being. But you know what? As one person said, as one historian said, when the man, Christ Jesus, looked into your eyes, he said, it was like he was looking into your soul. Wow. Can you imagine staring into the eyes of the Lord? Oh, wow. <laughs> Some of us have a little problem with guilt. Uh, huh? Conviction. I bet you we wouldn't, we wouldn't be like. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have to actually look into your eyes to read you because he knows everything yeah. about you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Man. So that's a that's a reality. Okay. Let's, let's, move, let's move on here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Take a good look at this. Take a good look at this. We'll talk about uh, uh, knowing and, and seeing God. 
you know, certain things that are there that kind of hinder us from seeing God. Look what it says in verse number 2 in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. But have renounced hidden things of dishonesty, the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves and every man's conscience in the sight of God. So in other words, guess what? In order for us to be able to see God more clearly, guess what we have to get? What, what, what do we have to do? If you read the scripture verse, what do you have to do? Renounce the hidden things. Mm -hmm. Dishonest. In other words, you know what? Part of that is repentance. Part of that is cleansing ourselves from all unrighteousness and filthiness of flesh. Huh? For us to be able to see. You know why it is that? Here's, here's, I'm not just talking about God's image, his person, about him revealing himself. But you know why it is for us to actually see the things about God, his divine nature, his word? You know what obstructs or clouds that? Sin. Disbelief, doubt. Mm -hmm. And listen to this. Disobedience. Yeah. And so when we have that in us, if that if that's influencing us, guess what? It's hard for us to see. Mm -hmm. That's why some of you have a hard time understanding God's word. Mm -hmm. Huh? So you see that. So look what he says, verse number three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It's hid to them that are lost. In whom, look what it says, the God, little g, mm -hmm. the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So, the God of this world, the devil has blinded the minds of them which believe not. He doesn't want you to believe in God, but he wants you to believe in aliens. Yeah, yeah. He wants you to believe we came from monkeys. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. He's blinded the minds of them which believe not. But look what he says. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Now look what he says. Who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Now look what he says. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Woo! In other words, you know what he's saying? Here's what the Lord said. Here's what God is saying. Hey, if you want to see my image, this is this is my image. He's pointing right to the the person of Jesus Christ right into his face that is my image that is me wow it's amazing Colossians chapter 1 we'll get there Colossians chapter 1 Verse number 
14 and 15 in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins who is the image of look what he says the invisible God Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if we want to see God, we have to look at Jesus. <laughs> the firstborn of every creature. So we see that. He is the image of the invisible God. Amen. And Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 1. We're, 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 coming to, we're coming down the slope now. We're hitting third base right about now. And I hope some of you make a home run. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3. It says, uh, we'll, we'll back up to verse number, we'll, we'll start with at the beginning of chapter 1. God who at sundry times and in divers manners. Uh, the word sundry actually means all times. God who at all times, sundry times, Amen. and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom we have appointed, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now look what he says. Who being the brightness of his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So we see that he is the, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So now we see, you know, God is being revealed. God is being revealed, obviously. Uh, one more piece, of, well, a couple more pieces of scripture. We have a few minutes here. First uh, Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Some of you probably know this. Some of you probably can quote this without even going to it. First uh, Timothy chapter three, and this is what it says in verse number sixteen. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. A lot of people have a hard time. A lot of people have a hard time understanding the mystery of godliness. Here's the beautiful thing. When a person actually turns to the Lord and he, his heart is as such where you, you give your heart to the Lord, guess what God's going to do? He's going to give you understanding. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Who was manifest in the flesh? God. Who was justified in the spirit? Who was seen of angels? God. Who was preached unto the Gentiles? God. Who, believed, who, who was believed on in the world and received up into glory. God. Mm -hmm. Jesus. 
I say this with all my heart. I've known this because when I received the Holy Ghost back in 1982, when I received the Holy Ghost, one thing that planted me firmly in, in my walk with God and, and in the church was this. When, when I received the Holy Ghost, I understood. I understood who Jesus was. There was no doubt in my mind that after he filled me with the Holy Ghost that that revelation came. Any person, any person that has a connection with God, a relationship with God, you should have no, no difficulty knowing who Jesus is. You know why? Because if he could reveal himself in flesh so that we can know him, we can see him, we can know who he is. Guess what? He can reveal himself in us. Amen. That's what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians. He said, when Jesus revealed his son in me. That's why when you're born again of, of water and of the spirit, guess what? You, that revelation hits you and you go, you go, hey, you have the problem. Hey, I know who God is. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's how I know you have the Holy Ghost. That's how I know you have the Holy Ghost is when you can proclaim that. When you can proclaim that uh, who Jesus is. In closing, 1 John chapter 5. You all know where I'm going. In verse number 20. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding. Mm -hmm. Everybody see that? Amen. Has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. So he's come and given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. Look what he says. This is the true God. And eternal life. Yeah. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. In other words, you worship him, you're not going to worship no images. That's right. You're going to worship him, him only. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, here's here, here. Let me let me add to that. Let me add to that because somebody might say, "Well, that was that was the Apostle John. That was the Apostle John saying that." But do you know that Jesus said that? Jesus said that too, didn't he? In, in John chapter seventeen, Jesus said that too. That's what he said. In John chapter seventeen, uh, let us go there and. Yeah, John 17, verse number 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. Ooh. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Wow. Jesus said himself, hey, they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So these, no man knows the Son, Except the Father, and no man knows the Father except the Son, and to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. 
How many of you have that revelation this morning? Amen. Amen. It's beautiful when you can actually come to that understanding. You can actually. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. Oh, it's getting warm up here. I'm an old man, so I sweat pretty easy. All I have to do is think about where can I sweat. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I was scurrying about our house, getting some work done, and just a little movement, and this sweat starts to pour out of me. I told my wife, man, I'm so miserably out of shape. Start walking and exercising. I used to, I don't know. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody here this morning. Lord willing, if our, our candidate for water baptism gets here by 1230, we will have a water baptism. So hopefully, that if, if some of you have to go, I understand, but amen. We'll see if she arrives. The Lord is. Where did you be placed? Do we, do, we might have to put some more water in that tank, huh? Uh, maybe uh, Brother Gary and Cinema can yeah. do that. Uh, yeah. Turn the, hook it up that hose to that faucet in the hallway there and turn the hot water on. Try to get that as 